nearly 2.2 billion people live without running water access at their homes it's it's like one in three people across the world in in sub saharan africa the the situation is even more grim like just under 25% of urban households have access to piped water uh, city taps is solving this in a unique manner and to talk more about it we have the founder and ceo regwar with us today thanks a lot for joining us today greg Thanks, Naman. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we do. Awesome. So we'll we'll start with you know the the water crisis problem. So we keep hearing and reading about it. Uh, I I got to know more about it through some of the documentaries that I saw on Netflix recently. But you are like you know very well into the situation because you are solving it. So we would love to know more about what what are your thoughts on on the. on the crisis on the water crisis so first off, i want to say that there is no water crisis okay right there there's no such thing as the water crisis there right. there's lots of little little big water crises right one of the tricky things about water is that it's a word that doesn't mean anything like it's like music right or religion or it's like a meta word right or poetry right water you know when you say water to someone they can think about you know a stream in the mountains or they can think about you know the sea or they can think about the water coming out of the tap or they can think about a factory in which drinking water is made they can think about a sewer you know and so they can think about a god you know that that is water related and and so it it really doesn't mean anything in some ways right and yet it means everything at the same time right mm-hmm. it's one of those macro ideas and so in the same way you know water on our planet operates at very different scales you know the atmospheric scales the continental scale you've got ice sheets the size of continents you've got rivers that are the size of con- that have river basins the size of continents and then you're dealing with you know very small scale problems with one community that doesn't have water for reason xyz and so compounding all these things together you know droughts that are the result of climate change and and possibly of of uh, of other effects with um you know a uh, uh, snow melt in the in the american sierras and in the himalayas and and then how that in, ends up impacting you know mr and mrs so and so at the very end mm-hmm. it's, it's really a chain of crises right that and it's very important to understand that the solutions that operate at one end of the chain are definitely not going to do anything at the other chain mm-hmm. right so climate change and the impact on 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 rainfall patterns for example is going to have an impact on sort of macro scale uh you know availability of water inside a river basin right but even with a lot of water in the river basin for example in the congo river right which still has a lot of water mm-hmm. you might still not have people with water at home because the infrastructure that's needed in order to serve people mm-hmm. at the last mile and even the last 10 centimeters mm-hmm. right of the chain isn't there mm-hmm. so whereas it's important to to uh to protect uh the the environment and to make sure that there's no pollution of our water bodies and that you know we we that we stop heating the world and that we you know go back to the patterns that make sense to the things that that's even possible which i i understand it's not in the long run so we need to adapt um in the end there you know at the scale that we're working at which is 
do these people have water in their house? Um, you know, it's it's really it, it, it's a different set of problems and it's a different set of solutions. So, one of the things that I try to be as you know speak about as often as possible is to make sure that we don't conflate all these problems and artificially sort of you know limit the scale. And you know, you know, like with a camera, when you when you when you you have the optics, you can flatten the image so much that you lose the depth. And I think it's important to make sure that that depth remains. Um, uh, you know, touchable by people. And to a large extent, the press, you know, when you read articles about the drought in the American West, for example, yeah. uh, they, 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 they tend to shove all these scales together. You know, the, the snow melt, the almond farmers, mm. and the guy who's watering his lawn in Fresno, California, mm. you know, and those are just not the same scales. Like you really, you just shouldn't be talking about those things in the same article, really. Sorry. Right? Sorry. So, but you got to sell papers, so you write this, and it sort of, I think, confuses the situation a little bit. And I'm thinking of a specific article in my mind when I say this, by the way. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's an interesting take on water. I never thought about it. I mean, makes me think about electricity and logistics for some reason. Like, you know, logistics has always the last mile connectivity problem. Yeah. And electricity like distribution, generation and distribution are two different things and we cannot talk about them uh, together really. So yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks for, you know, explaining it uh, to us in, in that way. Appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, how, how are you, you know, solving, uh, what, what part of it are you solving at City Taps and, and what are some of the regions that, that you are focused on? So, City Taps' vision is running water in every urban home. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is ensure that no woman or girl child, because that's usually who's doing it, right. is getting up at four o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and walking in the streets to get some water from some far away or not so far away, you know, standpipe, public access point, right. and then logging literally something that weighs a ton per cubic meter mm -hmm. back to their house, you know, as if this were still the Middle Ages. Mm. You know, and so we want these people to be able to do what you and I do, which right. is just turn a tap and really never think about where that water is coming and whether it's safe to drink, et cetera, et cetera. And so the way that we do that is that we help, we try to help the utilities, the, or the organizations, most often companies that are responsible for providing that service to people. Okay. And so we have developed technology that helps, you know, um, helps with the the uh, the relationship between the end users the subscribers as we like to call them and the utility itself and to re-establish uh, the flow of money in the opposite direction to the flow of water mm -hmm. because you need money you need water to go this way and and money to go the other way so that the utility has the means to continue to invest and to continue to maintain what is objectively a giant factory mm -hmm. Right? So you have the factory that produces the water, pipes going all over town. Okay. It's, it's massive, right? You've got pumps and dosing sessions for, for stations for, for uh, uh, um, uh, dosing stations for chlorine, you know, water towers, people running around, you know, motorbikes, cars, tools, paper clips, computers, 
I mean, it, it's costly to provide water to people, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the water itself that people right. are paying. Right. It's it's the it's the um, it's the the uh, um, it's not the water itself that people are paying for. It's the service of having water in their house. Yeah. So we try to smooth that relationship by making it very easy for people to pay very small amounts, so a pay-as-you-go solution. Mm -hmm. so that the utility can have the money that it needs in order to provide services. And it's a long shot. It's a long game, right? It's going to take probably a generation for us to get anywhere, right? Okay. But that's what we're trying to do. And so right now we have projects running in seven countries around the world, in Ecuador, Senegal, Burkina Faso, Niger, Kenya, Rwanda, and Namibia. Okay. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. And Singapore. Sorry, uh, which is definitely not having the same problems. Right. Um, and you know, the idea is to help the utility be be better at what it does. And you know, at the same time, we're very humble and we realize that you know it, it's only a tool, right? And you you can give someone a hammer; it will not make them a carpenter, right? right? So the tool has to be the right tool for the job, mm -hmm. and it has to be something that they've decided that they want. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's turned out a few times, a couple of times that we've said, you know what, we actually don't think you need our solution. Like you have other problems that you need to address first. And, you know, because our vision, right, is running water in every urban home. Mm -hmm. It's not sell a bunch of water meters, mm -hmm. right? So, and the other part of the equation of the crisis that we're trying to address, it's a really sort of sad part of this crisis, in my opinion, it's, it's the money crisis. Okay. Because it costs money for people to have water in their house, and the the World Bank has 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 uh, has has found that the amount of money that's needed to reach uh, SDG six, which is the one that has to water, is one hundred and fourteen billion dollars a year. Okay, which is both a very large number and a very small amount of money. Yeah, right. Because there are literally trillions of dollars invested at negative interest rates in German government bonds. Mm. So it's not like there's no money out there. Right. Right. But the money is not going, it's not flowing towards the water, if you'll allow me to make a bad yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to in order to reestablish this this uh -huh. this uh this this flow of money, mm -hmm. our solution also because all the payments are digital, because all the payments are traceable, mm -hmm. um we are working with investors right now who want to invest in the water utilities right. and securing their investment with our solution. Okay. with the cash flows generating by the subscribers. Uh -huh. And it's really beneficial because it means the very people who are benefiting from the investments are the ones actually paying for it right. with the help of investors, yeah. right? With the help of government subsidies. And da, 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 da. There's no idea that, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that people should pay 100% of the investment and operating costs, especially when they're very poor, mm -hmm. right? But that's allowing the utilities to basically grab hold of their financial destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's really important if we're ever going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy to, to say that we signed a contract last week in Kenya along those lines with a private finance partner, okay. with us as the solution provider and the utility and this sort of triangle of responsibilities mm -hmm. and where our technology is ensuring that the investor will get repaid. Got it. The game changer in the water sector because it's it's gonna, it significantly reduces the risk that the investor is taking in lending money to an organization which typically is not credit worthy. Mm -hmm. Most water utilities in the world are not credit worthy. And that's the unspoken part of this water crisis, mm -hmm. right? 
The utilities need to be able to finance the very expensive investments that are necessary. They need to be able to pay salaries. They need to be able to pay maintenance, et cetera. And they often lack the funds. Mm -hmm. And so our solution is also helping solve that problem. Okay. It's okay. not very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound very heroic. It sounds kind of like nitty gritty and stuff. And that's because it kind of is. Yeah. But you know, in the end, we live in a capital, capitalistic world. Mm -hmm. And we have to sort of fight the battle with the weapons that are at their disposal. And right. that's the weapon we have right now. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you know, it means people having water in their home. Mm -hmm. And that's really the goal. Mm -hmm. Right? That's where that's what we want to get to in the end. Got it. Okay. I'd love to, you know, dive deeper into the pay as you go solution that you have built at the at the consumer end at, at the household level, which also helps to keep these uh, water water companies or the infrastructure companies you know get their payments on on time so can you can you talk a bit more about about that how does that work and uh, you know how does that help the the households and the water infrastructure companies at the same time yeah so first of all you sometimes have a water infrastructure company that owns the infrastructure and sometimes okay. a water utility that operates the infrastructure. But sometimes it's the same thing. Okay. Okay. Just Yeah, yeah. No, that's an important point. <laughs> um, so, and very often the asset ownership is with the government. Okay. But the money required for the investment comes from the operating company because they're the ones who are generating revenue. Got it. Okay. okay. So it's a bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, and very specific to this, to this, uh, to this field in this sector. Right. So, our solution lets people pay as they go for water, which is to say that they can make micro payments on a daily basis if they want. They can pay, you know, ten U.S. cents, fifteen U.S. cents to have water at home mm -hmm. from the water utility. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a water meter mm -hmm. with a valve in it. Okay. That will close if you are out of credit. Uh huh. Okay. So you top it up just like a just like a prepaid phone, a pay-as-you-go phone, right? Yeah. And just like a pay-as-you-go phone, you get charged at the moment of your consumption. Hmm. You don't buy a bunch of water the way that you do with an electricity meter, yeah. which is prepaid. Right? Electricity meter, you buy a bunch of kilowatt hours, right? Yeah. At the spot price of electricity at that time. Right. But there's no spot price for water. What hmm. there is instead is a somewhat complicated step tariff. Okay. where the first six cubic meters cost this much, the next 20 cost that much. and then you know, So that's really complicated. And that's part of CityTap's secret sauce. Okay. They've actually figured out how to do this on a, pay, on, on, a, on a prepaid basis, which is in fact a pay-as-you-go basis. Got it. So there's a subtle difference between the two. And our ability to actually match that step tariff, which you find in most utility companies uh -huh. around the world, yeah. is, is, is part of our, of our, of our thing, right? Okay. And so people are able to pay, you know, just the right amount according to their budget. Yeah. And for example, if they have a leak, they don't get, you know, they can only run up a tab up to the amount that they've prepaid. Right. Right. With credited to their account. They don't end up saddled with a huge bill at the end of the month yeah. or two months later if the, if the person doesn't come to read the meter for two months. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's this, it's a crisis. It's a crisis for the, for the subscriber who, who has to come up with $200 that, you know, they've never had that much money in their life, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. right? And for the utility who's going to end up with no little choice to either disconnect the subscriber and mm -hmm. therefore lose a customer, yeah. which is, you know, not a good, no business can run like that, yeah. or forfeit the, the amount of money 
mm-hmm. that they're owed, which is no fair because they, you know they have to pay to I mean, it costs money to produce it, ship it, deliver it, etc. So they don't want to forfeit that money, yeah. and so you're in sort of this crisis, right? So instead, we turn off the water when the credit's over. You top up. Oh my God, it's going so fast. Maybe there's a leak in my house. We send you a leak, and uh, 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 and you know on your on your on your mobile phone a little alert that says, hey, you know. So and people fix their leaks, and then everybody's happy because the utility has more water to serve other people. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so that's one way in which the benefit the people benefit. Also, if you've been disconnected because you had accrued this two hundred or one hundred dollar uh, arrear, um, you can now repay it through an individualized repayment schedule with the utility. So you might repay, you know, ten cents a day for a thousand days. Okay. Or a dollar a day for a hundred days, depending on what your means are. And the utility can come to come up to with a deal with you. And obviously, they they're not sending somebody every every day to collect ten cents from you because yeah. that doesn't make any sense in any you know in any country, right? right? Not to mention the rest of the money might just evaporate. Yeah. Um, so instead, it's being debited in very very small amounts from from your from your water credit, and that's very comfortable. And we've seen that in Niger and in Kenya, people who are very much at the bottom of the pyramid are able to become customers of the utility again, subscribers of the utility, and to be basically their best subscribers because they're paying in advance and they're repaying that arrear that they had accrued. And so now the utility has an incentive to serve them even better than everybody else. And they have regained the dignity that comes with not having debt, with... Uh, having repaid everything, having water at home, the convenience, the value proposition, you know, because if you don't have water at home, Thanks. you'll typically pay 10 to 100 times more per cubic meter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, or, and you'll have to spend, you know, two hours a day and you'll get sick because the water that you put in your jerry can, you know, the jerry can is probably contaminated with bacteria, even if the water is clean, which is hypothetical. Um, and you can never carry enough water for your whole family, right? So you're going to end up reusing water that you took your bath in to do the dishes. And this is what people do when they cope, right? And that's, that's not a way to live. This, mm. is, this, is, this is 2021. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1942, you know, or something. Like we, we, we need to, you know, we, people need to be able to bathe. Yeah. You know? Right. So. It's hard to imagine. So the, and so, and for the utility now, the money's coming in advance. Right. If I reconnect someone, I know they're going to pay me back. Yeah. The, you know, and also I'm going to have data mm-hmm. to help me solve my leak leakage problem because it's a smart meter in yeah. addition to being a pay as you go meter. And that means, you know, that what's called non-revenue water can go down, mm-hmm. and it means more water for more people. Yeah. Which in resource-constrained uh, environments, which is most of the cities in the developing world, there's just not enough production, right, to serve everyone. Mm-hmm. It means it means more revenue for the utility, but it more importantly, it means more water for more people. Right. Which is what got us in this business in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of moves me into into my next question: like, what what, sure. what exactly motivated you to start City Tabs? So I've worked in the water sector, um, I'd say since about 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. maybe 2002. It depends how you count exactly. Uh, and I've worked all over the world, mm-hmm. Peru to the Philippines, you know, Rome, Poland to Malawi, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been very lucky, you know, and I've had, I've seen a lot of things and I've seen a lot of suffering right. uh, from people and women in particular mm-hmm. who have this basic, really sort of fundamental need, you know. Um, and my wife uh, says that when she met me back in 2003, uh, I had just uh, moved back from Uganda okay. uh, uh, a couple of years, uh, you know, a few months before. And um, she said that I was already talking about how we're going to solve this problem. How are we going to, and I don't remember this, by the way, but she, but she, but she believes, she says that, and I worked then for a number of water companies, you know, as a consultant and um, in, inside water utility companies and learned a lot about the field. And okay. I realized the problem was at this nexus of, of money and technology, right? At the wa- money and water. And you really needed to have the water go in one direction and the money go in the other direction, as I said earlier. Yeah. And only when you did that would you be would the utilities have the capacity to um, to actually do what they're supposed to do mm. and what the vast majority of them want to do, mm. which is serve 100% percent of the people 100% of the time. So, I've you know I've had the privilege of traveling a lot and seeing this firsthand. I'm also a feminist. And I think that it's an outrage. I mean, there's no other word for it that women and girls are spending, you know, enough time to build the Empire State Building, you know, seven hundred times over, you know, carrying water. Hmm. I mean, for God's sake, how uninteresting is that, hmm. right? I mean, what are you doing with your time? So, I think people deserve, you know, better. They just it's so. I, you know, I asked myself at one point, what am I going to do about this, you know? And so I came up with this idea. I put together a team. I proceeded. I, you know, I have qualities. I have, you know, qualities as a human being and I have flaws as a human being. Uh, One of my qualities is that I'm incredibly ambitious and tenacious. So this is really difficult to do. Mm -hmm. I'm also kind of a megalomaniac in a way, right? So my okay, worldwide problem, let's go solve it, right? I mean, some people would be like, are you out of your mind? And some people do say that to me. And I am, I guess, a little bit out of my mind. But hey, you know, if, if, if we don't solve this problem now, then exactly what are we waiting for? Right. And if we don't do it, then who exactly is going to solve it? Because I don't see, you know, there's not like a thousand people lined up behind me trying to solve this problem, right? So we... You know, we at City Taps believe that we have this sort of mission that, mm-hmm. that is a bit grandiose. I'll grant you that. Yeah. Um, and we also very much understand how incredibly insignificant our contribution to the problem mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. And how it's just a very small peg in the whole machine. Mm-hmm. It's, we believe, a critical peg, just like many other pegs are critical. Mm-hmm. We're not more important than others or less important than others. But this realization that there wasn't anyone targeting this very specific problem that I think is really important mm-hmm. and which other people actually who know this field a great deal better than I do also agree that this is important. So, you know, the combination of all those things is what led me to this. And then in the end, you know, back in 2014, I, I was fired by the company that had hired me because I was causing too much trouble, I think, internally, okay. uh, having too many opinions. And uh, so I was, I was let go. And my wife said to me, you know, you've been thinking about doing this. You've been talking about this for years. 
do it or you'll regret it your whole life. Hmm. And my friend who's an entrepreneur, a Ugandan entrepreneur who I'd worked with in Uganda back in 2002, I called him and I said, what should I do, Paul? What should I do? And he said, you've convinced your wife, you've done 50% of the work. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's go, you know? And um, so that's how it got started. I, I, you know, I was also told by somebody, if your project is sufficiently difficult, that it's a defendable business proposition, Mm. And nobody's going to steal it from you. Yeah. And that allowed me, once I realized that, I, that allowed me to start talking about the, mm. the, the, you know, the, you know the, the project, talk about what I wanted to do and start exchanging ideas with people instead of keeping it under a bushel, you know, and mm. hiding it for fear that someone was going to steal this idea. And then realizing that you know, this was just too crazy an idea, too too ridiculous and that nobody was going to try to steal it. And in fact, nobody has so far. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking about it, you know, and basically saying how to do things. And I don't see anybody rushing into the, you know, and they may yet, you know, but if there is, there are a billion people who don't have water in their house and cities, right? So there's a large market. I mean, there's no question there's enough room for, for more than one company. And even I would say, you know, the more the merrier. I mean, we need to solve this problem, right? So, So it's a bit of a, Complicated answer to your question, but it was con- personal conviction, yeah. opportunity at the moment where I found myself without a job and with a generous unemployment package from the French government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Important to say as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's very important to recognize that. And permission and encouragement from my wife, support yeah. from my family. Right. And you know, it allows a man to take a risk mm-hmm. that a lot of people feel that they can't take and I don't blame them for it because everybody's circumstances are different. And I certainly wouldn't want anybody listening in or, you know, to think, Oh, well, I don't feel like, I feel like I can do this. Well, you know, everybody, everybody's different. Everybody's circumstances are different. And so, yes, being an entrepreneur is one thing, but it's not the be all and end all. You can have a huge impact doing other things. And, you know, there's this bit of a myth around the entrepreneur, but let me tell you, it's not easy. It's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, it, and, and, and it has to be the right time for you in the right moment. And at the same time, yeah. it's never the right time, mm. right? Because there's always, you know, it's like, it's never the right time to get a PhD. It's never the right time to buy a house. Yeah. It's never the right time to get married. Mm-hmm. It's never the right time to have children. Yeah. Because you can always, you know, you can always find a reason not to do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and yet it's always the right time by definition, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. The answer to this is very personal mm-hmm. and, you know, and yeah, the opportunity is there, of course, that's an important thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's clearly a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's also important. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not just personal conviction. Yeah. No, this is, this is pretty inspirational. I mean, I know how, how hard it can be to, to summarize like more than 18 years of, you know, activity coming to get together to, you know, like form this and you have you've been running it for not last six to seven years the personal factors the professional ones but i think you did a good job in summarizing that so <laughs> i mean obviously this hasn't been an easy journey greg uh, it won't be it won't get easier i i guess but what so what, yeah <laughs> what what have like some of the biggest challenges been like if you i know there would 
there would have been so many but if you have to you know just list the top one which is which you still face on a daily basis what would that be so the toughest one i think is every utility wants our solution okay except for a couple of utilities in cambodia and one in tanzania that told us they didn't need us okay okay and mm -hmm. they have their own reasons for why they didn't feel this way. But every one of the 300 others that I've spoken to mm -hmm. wants our solution. Mm -hmm. The biggest challenge is getting them to actually buy it. Okay. Because they don't have money often, mm -hmm. or they think they don't have money. Mm -hmm. Of course, they have all this untapped accounts receivable that we can help them right, recover. Right. And of course, they have this money. But, and then, and then when you're a startup in the water sector, um, it's not a sector where people like to innovate. Mm. A lot of people, you know, oh, and this is not a criticism of, yeah. the, of the water utility management teams, but they seldom will get um, uh, um, congratulated when, risk, when they took risks that panned out. Mm. And they will definitely get punished if they took risks and those didn't pan out. Mm. When you've got the startup company from France coming to you and saying, oh, you're going to do this, it's, you know, the, the reaction is, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll go second or third in the line, right? Yeah, and so finding that one team, uh -huh. MD and his or her, you know, management team that says, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. That's really hard to do. Okay. Uh, and we've been lucky. We've found them, you know. Then uh, the other problem, the other problem that we face is a financial, is a financial problem. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to get investors to come into a company where the profitability uh, is dependent on, on doing business with the government or government-like mm -hmm. organizations. Right. And it's also difficult when you're based in France to raise money for work in Africa. Mm -hmm. you know, that's really scary. And a lot of investors are reluctant to do that or mm -hmm. it's just actually outside of their investment thesis. Like mm -hmm. They're just not allowed to invest mm -hmm. in you by the rules that they you know, have with their own lead partners. So. Oh. So that's that's difficult. And then on the project side, you know, the World Bank, the you know, IFC, the USAID, the DFID, all those people, they like to make five million and above pick your currency checks. Mm -hmm. Right? Five million dollars, five million euros, five million pounds. Like that's a nice check. That's small, actually. They like to do 10, 15, 50 million. Because that's convenient, and they get a big check, and it's, you know. And again, I don't blame them, but a lot of the projects that we're trying to do are like 200,000, okay. 500,000. Mm -hmm. And there's very little financing for those projects. Okay. Right? Everybody wants there to be innovation, mm -hmm. but nobody wants to be the guy who has to, you know, study each one of these crazy innovation projects and take the risks that they'll fail. Yeah. Now, to their credit, the organization formerly called DFID, which is the British, they did a special deal with an organization called the GSMA, the GSM Association, okay. where they give them a big chunk of money, and those guys then made small projects. Okay. And that is really transformational. And if there's anybody who's listening to us who works for the World Bank or those people, Go and look at those what those guys did because it's really essential and it's really critical, not just in the water sector, mm -hmm. but for every innovation out there where you need to start small. Because I can't look at you in the eye and say, you know, give me $50 million, it's gonna be 
hunky-dory, right? That wouldn't be serious. Yeah. We're not at that stage yet. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a crook. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm not, I can't really take that much money from you, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, and by the way, we are raising money. So, you know, hey, we're, we're looking for the end of our financing round. We need another 300,000 euros. So if anybody out there wants to participate, yeah. well, we're happy to take them in. Okay. But so, you know, it's, 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 it, that those are the two big problems reluctance to take a risk sure. mm -hmm. and lack of funding for lack of appropriate funding mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's good that i mean those are the challenges but you understand them deeply and uh, thanks thanks for you know sharing that with us because i mean listing down challenges or i think knowing them uh, is is one thing but like understanding them deeply and, you know, understanding them, why is that a challenge for the other side is, is, is critical. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a good, good learning for, for all of us who would be, you know, listening to, to this conversation. So, yeah, so thanks think, for saying that. Yeah. You know, I, I used to be really annoyed mm -hmm. that these were the problems we were facing until I realized that, mm -hmm. you know, this wasn't those people's fault. Right. Yeah. Like they have their own objectives, which their bosses or their investors have set. Mm -hmm. And there's there's only so much that they can do within the confines of, of yeah. the rules that they have to operate under. Right. Now, sometimes you find people who are a little more creative, who have a little more leeway, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you can't, nobody's going to jeopardize their job. Yeah. You know, nobody's going to jeopardize their livelihood and their, and their family's well-being. You know, it's it's completely understandable, right. you know, and I would probably do exactly the same thing. So it's really hard to cast the first stone, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so instead, what we try to do uh -huh. is we try to solve to solve the problem, try to fix the problem. So we say, you know, right now what we're telling investors is, give us a five million dollar pot of money, mm -hmm. and we will do ten five hundred thousand projects yeah. or. 20 250,000 projects you don't need to worry about it we'll commit to paying you back x hmm. and you know yeah right and and we're telling the utility you don't have any money mm -hmm. you don't want to take a risk fine we'll lend you the money mm -hmm. from this 5 million yeah and we're so confident that our solution works that we'll take the money generated by the meters themselves to repay the loan right and so if it doesn't work we won't get paid hmm. and you've put no money down yeah and that, that is starting to, you know, it has to make its way down people's psyche and sort of sift through the, the sponge, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it's work. It's Lastly, Greg, so I uh, just wanted to understand, you know, what, what lies ahead for, for city taps in, you know, short term, six to eight months and probably in next two to three years. So right now we're very much focused on, on, uh, on a few countries in, in East and Southern Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's going to be our focus for the next six to eight months and get some projects in all in each one of these countries. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and in parallel to that, develop this financing mechanism right. that I was just talking about. And so we're talking to banks, to PE firms, to private investors who, who, and looking at how to structure that so that it makes sense and that it can be replicable. Uh, in various different geographies under different, you know, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, so that's the two things that we're working on okay. uh, in parallel. And of course, as always, you know, this fundraising that we're doing, equity fundraising with the goal of strengthening the team, because, uh, you know, no company can do anything without a team, right? And yeah. here, I want to make sure that I recognize that none of this would have been possible without the people who work for City Tops. Right. Uh, you know, none of what we've achieved. Uh, so the, and then in the, you know, in the two to five years beyond that mm -hmm. is, is really to scale based mm -hmm. on, on this, these initial uh, successes. So go from having, you know, a $5 million pocket of, of finance, financing money to a 50 million and then a hundred million, mm -hmm. right? Um, because again, that's when you can tap into the money from the IFC and those guys that let me, like to make $20 million checks, yeah. right? And then on the, on the commercial side to expand, you know, um, back into West Africa, where we have, we, we originally started and have been sort of taking a backseat recently. And then of course, to South America uh, and Southeast Asia. Uh, mm -hmm. And I expect that, you know, by the end of 2025, uh, we'll be making 50% of our sales in Africa, which is where we started, right. about 50% in South America and Southeast Asia. And then as we move forward, you know, those, those will probably reach uh, 30, 30, 30 equilibrium. Right. Uh, probably a little bit less in South America because it's, mm -hmm. it's a slightly smaller market. Okay. So, when, when, the other thing that we'd be working on is becoming the employer of choice for people working in this sector. Okay. Um, it's really important to us that we grow, we continue to grow yeah. uh, our, our very diverse team. We have a very diverse team. I'm very proud of it because okay. it's a very deliberate uh, thing that we do. Okay. Uh, and we can that we continue to provide opportunities for young people. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm still young, but younger people, uh, <laughs> and uh, in in the company, and and to grow yeah. the, the know-how and to have a reputation, a, a well-earned reputation, not just a, a false reputation, a well-earned reputation as the place to work if you're a water professional. Right. Uh, so that, and if you're a software engineer, and if you're a hardware engineer. It's a place where we have impact. It's a yeah. place where people are paid well. It's people where opportunities are there, and it's a place where your boss is nice, and you know, and and the, and the company is is managed in a way that recognizes human beings as as human who happen to be resources, rather than resources who happen to be human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. There you go. No, it's it's good to know. Like you you are putting so much emphasis on you know building the right culture and and the team and you know getting the right people on board because you can't do everything by yourself. You need you know need to be surrounded by by the right people uh, on this journey. Yeah, I would say you need to be surrounded by people who are better than you. Better than you. Yeah, it's very important. Right. And I am a hundred percent sure that everyone who works for City Taps today is better than me at okay. something. I'm better than them at some things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they're definitely better than me at something else. Awesome. Yeah. And that's really important because otherwise you're not going anywhere, right? Okay. You're, you're <laughs> limited by your own capacity. And instead, right. yeah. you, you have these people around you and you're like, okay, we're going to build on this. Yeah. And, and you guys as qualities are going to be, are going to compensate my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. and my weaknesses, my strengths are going to compensate your weaknesses. And as long as everybody understands that, yeah, you know, then 
you know, you look at the, at the football teams that win the World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. They don't always have the best individual players, but yeah. together, together it's a good team. Yeah. You know, together it's the, the mayonnaise. Yeah, is there, right? And it's it's a cohesive whole, yeah. and it yeah. works. Awesome. And that's that's what's really in the end. It's essential because without, with, you know, every company is is basically the people that work for it. That's true. Otherwise, I mean, it's you know, you have to have the right people, and that's. Right. It's a major challenge as a as as a founder and CEO, um, mm -hmm. identifying your own weaknesses so you can you can hire people who will compensate them, mm -hmm. and also providing enough room for those people to take on the responsibility and so let it go of that responsibility right. for your baby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's hard and yet it's absolutely essential. Yeah. It helps that I'm a little bit lazy. Okay. And I like to give work to other people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's a blessing. It's, a, it's yeah. a fault that turns out to be an yeah. actual quality. Yeah. <laughs> As a founder, you need to be lazy. <laughs> so there you go. Sometimes you know it's not such a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thanks a lot, Greg. You know, for for sharing all those insights with us. Uh, your story, how how it all started, the the motivation behind it, the the problem that the actual problem that exists so it makes makes it like uh, you know for 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 a water consumer like us basically everyone it makes it easier to to understand where the problem lies and uh, how are you know companies like city taps out there uh, solving it so thanks a lot trying to, trying to solve trying to solve it. okay very very small <laughs> contribution to a huge problem but all right no. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, Greg, for, for spending time with us today. Thank you, Naman, and I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your, with your endeavors as well. Thank you.